Kevin, we haven't chatted you in a while, and since uh, we last spoke, it's been a hell of a Christmas for uh, a lot of young Irish strikers. Adam Ida, most recently last weekend, get himself a hat-trick in the FA Cup. Uh, Norwich are away to Man United this weekend. Pookie's out injured. Uh, United, uh, I know you, since you, you probably don't want to get into it, but they're a bit of a basket case again after uh, that Man yeah. City game last night. But would you start Ida against them? Um... Would I start him? I probably wouldn't. Just because of the type of game, uh, you know, he'd be probably up front of his own and not getting with service and stuff down to and just be tough for his confidence. But on the other hand, you could look at it, he's nothing to lose. Go to get a goal against Man United, you never know. Like, what I do for confidence starting against them. People probably won't expect too much from him against, against Man United or whatever, but it'd just be a tough game for him, I think. As bad as United are playing, they still dominate possession, um, should win the game, and uh, it might just set him back a little bit. You'd prefer his first game to be with Norwich. First Premier League sort of start to be maybe a home game. Um, but then, any game to Norwich is a tough game too. So you can look at both ways, but I think it is what traffic is this a different game for a striker. Um, if he was a midfielder defender, he gets plenty of actually goalkeeper. He might be able to stand out with a tough front to stand out with Old Trafford, um, even against a poor Man United team. Yeah, it's interesting when you mention that in terms of like how to bring players into the first team how to like you see Aaron Connolly obviously the first he was the first or second starting yeah. guard he gets two goals but then most interestingly in recent uh, weeks obviously is I don't know if you saw Jose Mourinho's comments about Troy Parrott when Harry Kane got injured where he kind of was talking in a press conference saying that Parrott isn't a direct he's not going to play him as a direct replacement for Kane now that he's out but he also doesn't think that him going out on loan as a 17-year-old, is best for his development, that he should stay at the club. Yeah. But then you're thinking, you know, he's not getting game time then. I don't know, obviously you were talking to us about Christmas, uh, before Christmas about having, you know, the trying to bring young lads through and what experience they need. What do you think is the best process there? Maybe Mourinho's right in that if he goes yeah, into the lower I leagues, would. you don't know. Yeah, I think a 17-year-old going out on loan to the lower leagues is too young. I think, you know, 18, 19 years of age, wait till he's, you know, give him another year. I think, Sort of what he's doing at the moment, traveling with the first team, getting a few appearances off the bench, that's, that's perfect at 17. He's physically not probably fully developed, not fully developed, but wise. Um, I just think he can he can take his time right now. There's no rush at 17. He's got his whole career ahead of him. To send him out now and have a bad experience somewhere, um, you know, our club is going to take him. We're going to take him a team who's struggling, struggling for goals, struggling all over the pitch. Um, it won't do his confidence any good. He needs to develop a bit more, a bit more experience and go to it. But maybe in a year's time, a really good championship team would take him, take a risk on him, and he get into that and score goals. But, um, you know, right now, as a 17 year old, what he's doing, I think, is, you know, he's ahead of the curve. It doesn't need to be getting involved in the first, first game. I think he's doing fine. Um, as desperate as we are, I heard him from strikers who want to win at that. And I think you just need to relax a little bit and give him, take the pressure off him. And what he's doing is, is perfect. Mourinho also in that press conference kind of like had a not that heavily veiled kind of dig at him about signing a new contract. Uh, like it's funny when you're talking about a 17 year old and he's like you know he's got a big agent I think he's got Harry Kane's agent and there's almost contract negotiations already happening in public. It is all very strange but you know I suppose what it does mean is that he kind of does have a decision to make at this time of his career which is unusual for someone that young but he is obviously very highly thought of. Is Spurs the yeah. right club for him? Is, is, are we looking at a new era now where the bigger the club you're at as a young guy, no matter how much confidence you have in yourself, the kind of worse off you are, the more hampered you're going to be? Yeah, it's, listen, it's not ideal. It is, he's going to go on. I do think, listen, Spurs is not too big. It's, it's 
a big enough club where he can go out and run and do well and come in. Spurs bring young players through, or they're signing young players and bring them through. Um, Mourinho has a different one, he doesn't have as much of a history of, of no. giving young players a chance, but he's not going to be there. It's like he's been there two years or whatever, and hopefully Troy Parrell out to see Mourinho and um, get his chance at some stage. But I would see him, what he should do if I'm looking from the outside, is sign a contract, not put up. You know, get what he's worth or whatever, but not make a big deal, a big saga over contract. He's 17, he hasn't earned yet. Just, you know, worry about the contracts later on in his career. Um, get a half decent contract, get what he's worth through his age, but worry about developing, staying in the first team. Don't worry about getting into the first team, but just sitting around the training with them as a 17 year old is a really good thing to do. And then look next year at some stage to be going out on loan. Wait till he's 18 at least, get a good club to go out on loan to. And do the business out on loan, and then come back as a sort of resurgent, younger, one out on loan, doing well, coming back full of confidence, being a different player when they come back involved with the first team, feeling like they should be starting then, and and having that different aura about them. And I feel that is, I think it's the path now from nearly nearly every young player at top club they're not going to break into the team. It has to be some serious ability to to get into a top team for their academy. It's very rare it happens. It depends. You're depending a lot on a manager trying a lot of stage. And not been under too much pressure to to get results instantly or whatever. So um, no, I think I think he's perfect where he is. Just I said we're all talking about him. Everybody wants him playing for Ireland. Everybody wants him starting the first one this is him. But he's seventeen. Now. He's yeah. so young. Um, just you know, it's 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 really at the free place now where you see a seventeen-year-old in, in a top five or six team in any league in, in the in the world. Uh, speaking of Spurs, they're uh, at home to Liverpool this weekend. Liverpool could set the record for the best start of the season should they get a win. But and obviously, yeah. Spurs Mourinho hasn't been exactly pulling up trees in recent weeks. Uh, they're they're not in great form. But something I don't know what it is. It's just probably it'd be typical Mourinho to go out here and get a a result at least maybe a draw. But how, how do you see it going? Yeah, uh, he would love it. He'll be well up for it. Um, I just think Spurs have returned to the form. You know, they got the initial down to Mourinho, and they've returned to that form that were shown beforehand. Uh, um, Liverpool have injuries and you're worried about them tiredness why they put so much effort into every game that's my only thing with Liverpool I really think they need to sign a player too maybe not start in the team but just to, to be there to freshen up the trainer to have new faces around the place to give them a bit of a boost around the place to the end of the season at Spurs need to sign a lot of players I'm sure Mourinho has been promised when he was going there they need to sign them they need to sign in two years of note um well, can he get them up for this game? He could do a job, yeah. You'd imagine he'd have them well set up to be, you know, back to the wall job from Spurs and really frustrate Liverpool. And, and games like that, Liverpool do struggle when teams put everyone behind the ball um, and don't come out against them, don't expose themselves to the That's when um, Liverpool do struggle to break him down, down a little bit. But you wouldn't be surprised if he got some out of the game. I don't see him, I don't see them beating Liverpool. You never know, like, Jose Mourinho is top class. When, he, when he's on it and he's at his best, he's the, He's up there with Klopp as one of the best managers in the world, or the best manager in the world. Not right now, not the last few seasons. But um, the former manager back in whatever he'd obviously back to Liverpool, but it wouldn't surprise me if he pulled uh, out of the bag or whatever the saying is in, in this game because they've got good players first. They're just not in good form. And as I said, they need signings, they need freshening up big time. 
Can I go back um, briefly, Kevin, to Adam Ida and like what he did last week? Kind of because you know whether whether yeah. he kind of is is someone that you know starts against at Old Trafford or gets into the Norwich team by the end of the season or not. Again, we're talking about such a young guy; it almost yeah. it, it doesn't really matter at the moment. But just from what you've seen of him, like the way he even took his goals, like even like you know a forty yard yeah. shot into an empty goal with his bad foot. It, the empty goal part's important there, but it showed a lot of poise the way he took it around the keeper to go and win the penalty. And I'm hearing a lot of people kind of talking about a guy who's a natural goal scorer, you know, and that he always has been all the way up and that Ireland, it's something that really, other than Robbie, um, you know, and I think this might be something you can dispute, but like, you know, that, that Ireland haven't had that much of. Is that something as a striker yourself? And we talked the last time about lads not getting goals and doing other things but is the natural goal scorer thing something that you buy into and if you do do you think uh, this guy's one of them I don't know it comes and goes like like from my own example was I a natural goal scorer when I got 20 goals in the championship a few years in a row or like then you're a natural goal scorer and things are going really well and things are going not so well and you're in a team that's struggling you're not a natural goal scorer because you're doing fucking every other sort of job around the place but it just comes and goes throughout your career I think Shane Long got 20 in the championship yeah, or something yeah. like that. Anyway, so he was an actual goal scorer that season. Um, you know, it's, so it's just um, it's just the way it is. Um, you have seasons where you are and seasons where you aren't and depending on what you're doing and whatever. And, and now, I think the natural goal scorer thing has sort of gone. Strikers don't, you know, you have might have been a hat Strikers don't really play as just the guy who's left or left around hanging around up the box and you just finish it and everyone else does everything, you know, all the other work for you. I think mm. centre forwards, that sort of that sort of style of play just gone. Centre forwards, it was much the same as you know midfielders basically. It's much running or more closing out the center over pitch, um, and you're expected to pitch in with goals, obviously. But also the wingers are expected to get nearly as many goals as the forward. The midfielders are expected. Everyone's expected to pitch in with a fair share. Everyone sort of anyone in the top third of the pitch is meant to get into double figures. You know, historically, it was the wingers across for the strikers, whatever, and the wingers got no goals and the strikers got all now. You know, nowadays, wingers come in and score as many goals, if not more, than your centre forward. Your centre forward is nearly more of a link-up player. Um, I'm hoping to pitch in the goals as well. So, then on the third of play, I think the natural goal scorer thing maybe is a bit of a miss. I don't know. I yeah. wasn't. I wouldn't have been a natural goal scorer later in my career, but early in my career, every season I got plenty goals. So, I don't know what comes and goes. Um, but it depends on your and your your form in that season. Adam, I think going back to him and looking at him, I think it's a year or two ahead of Troy Parity as a teenage put in in his ability uh, in I suppose his size and stature on the pitch, he looks more ready to start. Um I don't know if he'll be as good as Troy Parrott going forward. I think maybe Troy Parrott has more potential to be a top top player, but uh, right now I think Adam Ida is, is more potential to start. Um start for Norwich, start week in, week out. He's he's physically uh more developed and and um whether he doesn't I don't know. Way too many nights it's tough for him. But then there's no pressure on him away too many nights. Go out there and run around and get the experience. There's no one expecting me to do a whole lot in that game. So look at it that way and um, yeah. it'd be good for him maybe. But um yeah, he looked a natural goal scorer the other day, but then <laughs> at Old Trafford when he gets two touches on the ball and, and doesn't get a shot in the game, he, he won't look like a natural goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That's that's just the way it goes. Um he was in a top top team. If he was playing for Man City or uh, and getting plenty of chances every week, I'm sure he would be scoring uh, plenty of goals. Yeah. Um, from us trying to rush every Irish lad who's under twenty into every Premier League team <laughs> yeah. and all to somebody who's at the other end of his career, very much so, an old uh, long time teammate of yours, Glenn Whelan. Like he left Hearts 
yesterday, I think it was, uh, mutual consent is what the club said, a very short statement. But he's done an interview yeah. in the Irish Independent today um, with Aidan Fitzmaurice, which is very interesting, where he talks about kind of exactly what happened at Hearts when a new manager comes in, decides straight off he doesn't fancy him, picks on everything he does, um, you know, leaves him out of the team for Stephen's Day on Christmas night, uh, doesn't have anywhere to go when he goes into training the next day, and then suddenly he's just like sent the thing with here, sign this and we'll let you go. Um, you know, I don't know if this is something that you've ever experienced, not, not even yourself, but just at a club mm. where this is happening, where a new manager comes in and tries to like lay down a marker and maybe they start like, you know, making an example of one of the senior players almost to show who's in charge. It's A, yeah, it's, it's, a couple of them. He's, he's uh, dropped Christoph Berra, another former teammate of yours as well, Kevin, right, uh, yeah. the club captain. Yeah, it's, you know, so I don't know. I, I haven't experienced it. I experienced Glenn experienced it. I know it was when um, when we had a number of change of managers, but it, it was, we, we got relegated and it was decided it was probably six or seven of us were just taken out from the first team and put training with the training with the uh, with the kids for, for a good while but it wasn't as brutal as Glenn's one um, this was done through pre-season and whatever and it was sort of we knew it was coming it wasn't a sudden thing um, Glenn's one yet and I know Glenn very well and he's not he's not you know he's not a person that, he'll say his point I suppose it depends on the manager Glenn would speak up in the dressing room and say what he thought but it wouldn't be I suppose it wouldn't be in a negative it'd be trying to say his point and what they need to do and you know, a new manager's coming, you don't know what the base structure is. If he's told you need to get rid of players to sign players, and maybe he's just thought, right, who's the older who's the player? I'm not going to have any years time. Like Glenn's on the years contract. So I can get rid of him now. We can play two players. I'm sure Glenn gets, we're getting fairly well paid at her. Very, you know, top player um, for them. So um, you don't know the whole thought process of the manager. It seems pretty brutal the way he's gone about it. Um, I'm sure it wouldn't adhere him to the rest of it. You know, if I'm a team, if I'm a player in that dressing room, I see a manager treating a player the way it seems like you're treating Glenn, you're, you're, you're not really going to trust them going forward. You're going to think, well, that could be me in the summer. Or me next. So I don't know how he'd feel that I'd endear him or give him power over younger players. To me personally, it'd make him make me just not really want to deal with him going forward and, and try to get out there as quickly as possible. But um, that'd be my opinion. Maybe other people would respect him more for doing that. I don't know. Um, but certainly from my experience with Glenn, he's not a player who who deserves that or warrants that um, he would be trying his best for them he's obviously trying his best he wants to stay in the Ireland squad and, and go to the Euros if they get there so he would be giving everything for them to the end of the season so it's a strange one I imagine it has to do with budget he's been told from up above from the chairman this is what you need to do but um, it seems pretty brutal all the same it's definitely a strange one before we let you go uh, Kevin what's your bet for this weekend we've got a lot of Premier League fixtures on what's caught your eye yeah, uh, it's probably it's, it'd be good odds. I'm going to have to have a great run of form. I've got the bottom three. Probably since we last spoke um, over Christmas, so all of December over Christmas and start of January really well. And they're going to Leicester. Um, you know, Leicester will be favourites, but I just have a sneaky feeling that they might be able to uh, get three points at Leicester at the weekend. The Bennings is playing really well. Shane Long is playing really well. Um, so. They, they look a really good outfit all of a sudden. Anytime I see him play recently, so I have a sneaky feeling they might get something like that at Leicester. Yeah, 9-2, to two, um, definitely an interesting one for them to turn around. The yeah, the value anyway for someone there. So. Yeah. The 9-0, like, I don't know, it, I, like, I can't imagine yeah, you're ever... I know, it's a big, it's a, that's why I think that's another, uh, you know, they'll be stunned. Big exactly, like that. yeah. That, you know, it's just, it wouldn't surprise you, that's the sort of stuff that happens. You know, yeah. If you want to get a value bet there, you know. 
But that's it. Like you'd you'd store that up, wouldn't you, as a player and as a yeah, team and yeah, everything, no, and, and be be ready. Like this, this is as big a game as they'll have this season, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the odds are very senior out there. I think they're very generous. Uh, I don't think those odds are taken into account. That game, uh, that nine nil, will have the opposite effect. It'll, as I said, that will that be stored in some players. They'll be really want to put that right, um, and they're playing well as it is as well at the moment. Yeah. So, um I just feel it's has a chance of they have a chance of winning that there's not there's not a massive amount of teams up to support but there is on paper there is I mean in, in position in the league you'd, you'd be saying Southampton have a strong squad as Leicester in a lot of areas so um, yeah, there's, there's, with them in form you know I can see something happening there Great stuff Kevin thanks very much It's interesting that Kevin there mentioned Southampton because since we chatted about him or two of them on the podcast about Shane Long not getting the credit he deserves compared to Dave and Goldrick when they're both doing nearly the same role. I've heard nothing but people talking about the fact that Shane Long doesn't get the credit he deserves. And that thing of strikers not scoring, you know, not being the person. I mean, the, the most obvious team to look at as well is Liverpool because you've got Bobby Firmino with Manny and Salah getting mm. all the goals either side of them. Yeah, definitely. Also, we're like setting the agenda. Don't forget that. Oh yeah, me you and Kevin Doyle, an agenda setting podcast. That's yeah, what this absolutely. is. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like I was watching like Soccer Saturday or Soccer Special or whatever it was over Christmas at one one of the days when I wasn't watching live football. One of the rare moments I was watching Jeff Selling instead, and he did the Doyle or long missed the chance, you know, and he kind of does Kevin Doyle or not Kevin Doyle, which I've said three times now. Shane Long is many things, Matt Letizia, but a goal scorer he is not. And it went over and it was like he'd missed another chance. And I was just like, I hate that this is his legacy now. Like, I mean, this has been a, a, this has been a small part of Shane Long's career where he's been missing chances. And he's, I don't mean to sound like a cliche or like a, an old like Jack Charlton clip from the early 90s, but like he's missing chances because he's making chances. Yeah. You know, anyway, I just, it's, it is annoying. But as you said, it is good that there is still, there is almost a backlash to the backlash at this stage. The Southampton game, though, was really interesting because <laughs> they definitely have to. We talked about it. It's such an interesting yeah, pick. I'll I think I had them it. in a big show a few weeks ago saying that they were playing much better than the results they were getting. Then the results have started, finally started to follow. Yeah. So Kevin hadn't told us what that bet was. And I've been accumulated, I'm going to do in a minute. And I, like, I looked at that and I left Leicester out as well because I just, that was the first thing I was thinking of was, this is too big for Southampton now, even though Leicester should beat them, you know, it's like that result, I watched that match, it was a Friday night, wasn't it? And it was just, it was horrific, like this was, Southampton aren't going to win another match all season. So what they've turned around has actually been amazing. Uh, Very good, uh, fair play to them. Like social media accounts, the official social media accounts are usually a letdown, let's face it. But the official Southampton Twitter page very very good this week where they just did a live screen recording of the muting words for a week which included nine nil ha 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 nine <laughs> and various different mentions of uh the result uh in the week in the for seven days but what was also there was there was two things that were uh constantly uh muted including the words pompey and um Welcome to, welcome to Liverpool. Welcome to Liverpool being the other one. Yeah, well done, Mark. You bailed me out there. I'd forgotten that. I'm just like, I'm enjoying this Twitter. That, that is very, very positive, positive uh, official Twitter account action from Southampton FC. You mentioned your accumulator there. Uh, Labrooks is obviously the best place to bag yourself the best. ACA with plenty of different features, including odds boosts. Uh, Mick, this week you are going to do an accumulator for the football. Yes. You're going to give yourself a little odds boost. But first off, what is the accumulator? Right, so this is, I'll tell you the accumulator in one second, but first of all, it's like, it's more that I want to bring you through 
the way I do an accumulator. And I think next week you're going to talk about the way you do yours. And more importantly, is I, I kind of am interested in the way people do their football ACAs, for want of a better word, because everybody, I think, has a little kind of a, a routine to it a little bit. A lot of people will just pick whoever Juventus are playing, whoever Bayern Munich are playing, whoever Barcelona are playing, whoever Celtic are playing, and then the top English teams. Jeremy, our winner of two cakes in sports geography, did that for his 25 to 1 big shout. And it works, you know, and then other people might kind of have a few less in it, but might go for more kind of eclectic results or whatever, you know. What I tend to do is a mixture of the two. So I will have a fancy for a, a result, right? So that's sort of this week that is a draw between Crystal Palace and Arsenal, okay? That's 13 to 5. That's the way I look at it, is like, that's the result this week that I'm looking at as a bet nearly on its own. And then, so I'll take that and then throw what you would think of our odds on around it. Now, what tends to happen to me is you get let down by those odds on. There is a reason you get more odds yeah. for them, but they're always worth a bit of a try. And it really just does make saturday and sunday a lot more enjoyable for me when i'm watching sometimes boring football you know so for what i've done is my my hunch bet is a draw between crystal palace and arsenal like at, Sa- at selhurst park at 13 to 5 my worry is that Mikel arteta turned things around at halftime at the emirates on monday and now it's going to be you did a lot of shouting according to lacazette absolutely now the fact the his, re- did you see his sorry did you see his post match interview it's so funny Lacazette where he couldn't stop coughing. no uh, Arteta's where oh. uh, Arteta asked Arteta about um, the Leeds performers or whatever like, why are Arsenal so lethargic in the first half or whatever and says, I, I tried to warn them I tried to warn the players <laughs> Leeds do this every three days they batter teams every three days <laughs> Leeds have been playing uh, every day of the week for the last uh, 10 years now at the stage. They're well used to it. (laughs) Uh, uh, Poor old uh, Alex Lacazette was doing an interview after the game and literally could not stop coughing for the entire game, which left, uh, I can't remember who else it was that was there um, with him. Uh, Look. It might have been Willock. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Who just like had to fill a lot of time and just... uh, (laughs) chat away it was Nelson I think wasn't Nelson. it yeah 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 um, and he was just kind of like filling time congratulating him on his uh, man in the match performance and stuff as like as I tried to get his breath anyway uh, the reason I think is it's you can nearly throw out the Man United result because United just like don't turn up every second week every second match and the fact that they were so poor in the first half against Leeds means I don't think it's a full turnaround yet and Palace are a hard bloody team to beat especially away so I fancy a draw on that game right yeah. now I'm going with the kind of the sure things that are never sure things you know Chelsea to beat Burnley at home that's two to seven as bad as all as Chelsea can be, Burnley are on terrible form. Like, Villa beat them easily, yeah. and Villa beat nobody easy. Um, and you just can't see a way that Chelsea don't f- figure out a way of somehow winning that match at Stamford Bridge. City to beat Villa at Villa. Don't like doing away teams. Sometimes you just have to go to... This was 3-0 in the first doesn't game. doesn't need any explanation to make you move on. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to be talking about that in one, two, three again. I don't think it's going to be as easy as you do. But anyway, uh, here we go. Germany moving across. You know, you have to be looking across Europe for these things. Leipzig or B Leipzig are uh, top of the league and they're home to Union Berlin who are in 11th place they're 2-7 to seven to win that game and they will oh. Bayern Munich are away again don't like picking away teams to the other Berlin team Hertha that's third place against uh, 12th now Full disclosure here, Bayern Munich have cost me three accumulators this season <laughs> this season and they undoubtedly will this week now I think I, I think 
I think I might have been let down by a second, at least on two of them, as opposed to. But they have they have gone against me in accumulators three times, and they definitely cost me at least one. I don't think so. I think they've found a little bit of form. Bayern will always be good after Christmas. They'll get their act together. They'll still figure out a way of winning the league. They've slipped a little bit further than they normally do this year. They're also, I just think, like, Hertha aren't, are no great shakes either. They're down in 12th position. That's 2-7. to seven. I think Bayern won't let me down this week. PSG against Monaco sounds like a big game. It's being uh, presented as a big game in France. It's the main TV game this week. It isn't, though, because... It's first against seventh. Monaco, Monaco have 28 points to PSG's 45. It's in Paris. It's four to one on odds for Paris to win, and they will. Benfica and Porto. I've gone for both of them to win. The Portuguese league is hilarious. The two of well, them they're, are... They're, against, they're not against each other. No, they're not against <laughs> each other. Porto are at home to Aves, and I don't even can't even pronounce the team. that. Uh, that sorry, that Benfica are home to Aves, and I don't even know who Porto are playing. Moriense? Mariense says Mariense. producer Finchie here. Uh, fair play to him. I should know that. That's how you would pronounce a Portuguese word. Fernando Mariense. Like yeah. <laughs> Spanish. So that's uh, 14 to 1 on for Benfica to win at the Stadium of Light and 4 to 11 for Porto. And then I've gone to Holland for the other ones and that is Ajax to win 1 to 11 at home to Sparta Rotterdam, right? So a few of those don't really need much explanation. They just tap 1 on. 1 to 11. See, 1 to 11 sounds like it's nothing, but at the end of a 19 accumulator, that taps on. Do you know what I mean? Now, the key for me is not including ones that you kind of fancy, but you're not sure of, right? So there's a lot of games this week. Liverpool League way to Spurs is a perfect example. Exactly. Don't be, don't be touching that because anything could happen. You think Liverpool are going to win. We're both going to probably pick them in one, two, three, but anything could happen. Roma are playing Juventus. You know, Juventus are probably going to win that. I had Leicester and Southampton. Like, you just mentioned that a few minutes ago. Leicester are like heavy odds on to win the game, but you're thinking to yourself, like, Southampton are playing really well. Like, Leicester aren't that kind of team that are just going to, ta- like, just even taking the 9 0 aside. They're just not going to, you know, they're not yeah. good enough to just sort of be guaranteed to win so that's for anyway as much as giving you the accumulator I'm kind of explaining my reasoning for it I would love to know what yours are the lister and Mark will tell us his next week but please let us know in what way you do the accumulator and sure then you can send them in to us as well like and if they qualify for a big shout great my one doesn't this week it's 17 to 1 on Ladbrokes but I hit the odds boost the old odds boost, bu- odds boost button bumped it up to 19 to 1 nice so that's pretty good like you know so yeah. I'm 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 Lads, I hate to say this, and the accumulators are awful for this because there's a reason they're, you know, somewhat, like, you're probably, I think there's a better than one in 19 chance of this happening. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I feel good. If you are having I a bet. I put my euro free bet on it. If you are having a bet this weekend, be sure to gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlouis.net for more information. Up next, we're going to try win 100 euro cash by playing one, two, three, and correctly predicting the scores of three of this weekend's games. 